Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. everybody to the retail corner podcast we are here in houston today houston texas i'm traveling all over the place so here i am today i don't have a fancy background i'm in a hotel room but my guest i'm super excited to introduce you guys to him his name is valentin redu he's the ceo of omni convert valentin how are you doing this morning Hello there. Uh, I'm great, actually. I'm uh, I'm great. I'm in Bucharest, so uh, we are an, an ocean apart, but we're here with you. Oh, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, I, I love nowadays, right? It's all about a global economy. It's all about global engagement in business. But it really, uh, I think it, it allows for a lot of growth and a lot of challenge. And talking about growth and challenge, I think today what we want to talk about is we want to talk about the consumer life cycle, right? And really understand what does that mean to a retail business? Uh, what are they doing in order to increase that consumer life cycle? Because as we all know, no repeat business means no business at all, right? So yeah. with that, before we really dive into that topic, I want to talk a little bit about how the consumer has really changed from what it used to be to what it is today. Uh, really the consumer, you know, we've seen how we used to love luxury. It was all about the luxury brands and it was all about the luxury name. It really almost didn't matter if we liked the t-shirt or if we liked the belt. It was just a matter that he had that logo and we would go and purchase it. Right. And now if we look at the new consumer, they all care about quality and creativeness. They all care about the life cycle of that product, how it was made, where it got created, what materials was it used? Is it organic, the texture, the feel, and how unique it is so that they can really stand out as individuals and represent themselves through their clothing, you know, through what they're wearing. But so that is why it's so important for retailers to understand that consumer life cycle so that they can retain that consumer. And with that, uh, can you explain to us a little bit for most what is consumer life cycle? Uh, pretty much, we're we're uh, as we know, uh, we are all driven by uh, by emotions. And uh, nowadays, as uh, the new generations are uh, are starting to to catch up in terms of the purchasing power, uh, they are all about uh, identity. So nowadays, we're we're facing a shift in the behavior of the consumers towards being uh, identified with what they are wearing. And that's why we are seeing brands such as Allbirds that uh, recently got an IPO because the, the story of the product is as important or even more important than the product itself. So mm -hmm. that's why we are, we are seeing this shift. In terms of the consumer life cycle, uh, we are we are not seeing uh, people which are loyal and addicted to a brand as they used to be, because nowadays uh, this uh, fast-paced uh, environment are forcing the consumers or are giving the consumers the option to to choose, and that's why we are also living into an uh, experience economy. Uh, if we are looking at at this shift in the consumer behavior, we can see that the brands have a, have a harder job in acquiring and then retaining the the customer so nowadays the the cycle to from the first uh, interaction with the brand 
to uh, that brand, forget about it. Now there's this new brand uh, uh, in the market that I'm uh, that I'm a fan of. This transition is way more way more uh, shorter, way more faster. And in terms of the life cycle, pretty much the phases are all the same. So mainly we we have a struggling moment. We don't feel well with ourselves. We are doing shopping therapy. We because nobody buys product to own the product. They buy products to to feel to solve good. the job. Yeah, to feel good, to mm-hmm. to, to ful- fulfill their job, because at the end of the day, uh, it's it's all about uh, feeling that you're better, right? It's like in uh, uh, it it's like in the mask, right? If you remember Jim Carrey, it's the product is the mask. You put on the mask and boom, you're way better. You're may, way faster. <laughs> it's magical. You're stronger. Yeah. <laughs> you plus the product equals a better person and this kind of uh, this kind of narrative we play in our heads as well so without uh, this phone i'm 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 not better right i'm 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 another person you're as good as the person of the phone right yeah (laughs) exactly and if you if you don't have that the many people i mean uh, younger people in particular Mm. they they feel weaker they feel they don't feel stronger and is this play of the self-esteem within ourselves that we play in our heads so in terms of the life cycle of the consumers we need to understand the job to be done about the products and uh, now the the brands as i've said the retailers have a different job let's say if you're a direct to consumer brand your story your packaging your narrative uh, is more important than the the the, the than it used to be Exactly, because at the end of the day, we we do know that there are, let's say, suboptimal, not to use uh, harsh words, suboptimal products out there, which are having a huge hype. And on the other end of the spectrum, we have uh, outstandingly good products that nobody heard of. And uh, at the end of the day, we are living in this perception, right? NFTs are demonstrating that nowadays reality is not what it used to be. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk is drawing some some. I don't know, art, that's form of art. And he's mm-hmm. selling it with uh, $400,000 uh, worth of uh, Ethereum. So at the end of the day, what's what's important? The art or the creator of the art or the perception that you are owning a piece of art which is being drawn by the uh, the one, the, your, your idol. Correct, correct. Yeah, and, and unfortunately... To a certain degree, right? Unfortunately, it's all about perception, right? Uh, I, I really think so. Uh, and I say unfortunately because a lot of times it's so ironic that nowadays we're chasing that quality and that creativeness, but it really gets lost because we're dictating that quality and that creativeness based on perception, not based on the actual quality necessarily of the products, you know? Yeah. So it's it's very ironic, you know, how, how we're pursuing something that at the same time we're avoiding so much, you know? Uh, but, but it happens. But I think most importantly, what do you foresee, right? Now that, I don't like to say we're getting back to normal because let's be real, we're not getting back to normal. It's like we're starting from the beginning, right? And it, yeah. it's a complete transition as you well, very well mentioned, you know? You got the NFTs, you got virtual reality, you got avatars. I mean, all this digital movement is becoming its own digital world, right? And with that, where do you see uh, the struggles or the challenges for customer acquisition for retailers going forward, right? What do you think they're going to have to do in order to adapt to this? Yeah, I, I think the the 
the playing field is being changed right now. I mean, it's clear that any retailer should have an omni-channel strategy. I mean, it, it's this is the new normal. The new normal is that the customers are having all these uh, routes to get to your to your products. Uh, an, an important aspect is to be able to differentiate yourself from the crowd. So it's the same thing like the good old set Godding advice. Uh, be the purple cow, right? So so that yeah. you you are. You are out of the box. There's everyone, and there are there is uh, our brand, which is doing this, that, and and the other. But in order to to stand out from the crowd, the brands and the retailers must do their their job tre- tremendously well. So they need to work more like media companies rather than mm-hmm. brand established uh, factories. Uh, we are we are building the best shoes team since uh, 1842. Nobody gives a damn about it, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not about heritage anymore. It's not about the materials. It's all about the story. So if you can uh, have a compelling story, then the market can be, uh, can be yours. And in terms of the acquisition, the hygiene part should be on the products end. And on the other end, it, it should be the, the customer experience. So nowadays when we don't have access to cookies uh, like we used to, nowadays when the competition is fierce, nowadays when the CPAs are through the roof, uh, nowadays the brands, the retailers and the, the direct-to-consumer brands should be focusing on turning their existing customers into evangelists. And in order to do so, they need to do their job tremendously well. So it's uh, now the hygiene is to have a great product. Now the hygiene is to deliver on your promise. What is the cosmetic on top of the hygiene is Mm -hmm. to over deliver, is to delight your customers so that they simply talk about this outstanding experience. So that's the job of the that's the new job of the brands and in order to do so they need to track how many of their customers are amplifying their brand they need to uh, come up with programs that are really making sense not those stupid loyalty get this by the other or these 24 points uh, uh, if you share us on facebook they they need to come up with a with a strategy that is r- truly making sense for the for their consumers because without this type of network effect it's really hard to to survive and thrive unless you are of, of course the the ones that are selling uh, uh, the instruments in the gold rush, which are the selling uh, uh, pickaxes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you. And, and I love that analogy that you made about the typical loyalty programs, right? That are out there in the market. Uh, if you think about it, those, those point value ads, right? People now see them simply as a discount, right? So there's no value add. There's no connection to your brand. There is no loyalty sense or factor that's going to happen or engagement really with the consumer, right? It's simply a coupon to them. It's like, oh, how do I buy more for less? And that's it. Versus, to your point, creating an experience, right? Something that I I can embrace your brand with, take a picture, put it on my Instagram, and now I'm sharing with the world how amazing my life is because I engage with your brand. And subsequently, that's going to want more people to say, I want that experience. I want that picture on my Instagram. I want that shirt or I want that, you know, display. Or maybe they had, you know, Steve Aoki at one of their stores playing in, you know, live or something like that. Like, and it's very challenging because it becomes very expensive, right? And how do you factor in, in your opinion, 
now the the acquisition cost of a customer, right? Is it becoming more expensive because now you have to not only provide a product and this magnificent, delightful experience to your consumer, and now you have to think of all the store locations that you have and how you provide that same experience across all your stores? Uh, and how do you retain that, that cost, right? How do you bring that cost down? Yeah, I think the first uh, the first step to to nail this game is to to measure what matters. So in order to truly become data driven, you need to first become customer centric. So you need to understand what is the uh, consumer behavior? How many of your co consumers are buying again? Uh, when they are buying again? So things like uh, average days between the transactions or the purchase frequency or uh, giving uh, uh, tracking the customer happiness score, let's say those things are going to become the norm in the, in the future, because of course it's going to be too expensive to acquire a customer to justify, to, to, to justify the, uh, the playing the, the old game. So in order to improve these things, uh, my, my, uh, my, uh, perception so far by working with so many, so many brands in the last year. So mainly I've been, imagine that I've been doing interviews with, uh, around 300 e-commerce leaders in the last two years. Wow. And I've heard so many stories, uh, and so many perceptions, but the common denominator is that, uh, we are, we are struggling to differentiate. So in order to differentiate, I think you need customer research. So you need to understand what is the job to be done by your product. Once you understand the job to be done by your product, you need to articulate the best, the narrative towards doing the job. So if for instance, I'm buying the same phone from, and I have 25, uh, thousand options to, to buy an iPhone at this moment. Uh -huh, right? uh -huh. so if I have these 25,000 options, 25,000 shops, why should I go to your, to your shop? And the, the, uh, the response is in the heads of the super consumers. So any brand, which is a bit established, any store, any direct to consumer, any retailer has a, a group of, uh, small customers, uh, a small group of customers called the super consumers, right? So these super consumers are somehow finding something valuable at your brand. And most of the retailers are putting money into ads to acquire more customers without knowing why they are su their super consumers are picking them and who they are, what's their age group, what they are finding. So what's so valuable at their brand that those customers are, are buying over and over again. From mm -hmm. our own benchmark, we've realized that the group of super consumers are around 1% to 5% and they generate between 20 to 65% of the net margin. 20 to 65 percent. Wow. Exactly. Because wow. After you subtract the, the, the customer acquisition cost from all the customers, mm -hmm. you have customers that bought, I don't know, 20 times from a shop, from a store, but they, you paid the customer acquisition cost only once. So if your CAC is $20 and if your uh, initial purchase uh, has an AOV of, let's say, uh, $40 with uh, a margin of $25, that you are making only $5 from the first purchase. But if that customer comes 20 times, you don't pay the customer acquisition cost again, but right. you have the whole customer lifetime value to justify the net margin. So it's a numbers game. Uh, it, it's a quantitative uh, game and also a qualitative game. So in order to respond to your question with this uh, huge parenthesis, uh, you need to first 
have a voice and differentiate to stand out from the crowd. So you just need to ask to find your super consumers and to ask them to understand why they are choosing you over the others and then acquire more like them by nailing the acquisition towards the narrative that's working for your store. Wow. No, I, that is amazing. I did not those numbers. I mean, that's, that's insane. Those, those percentages that you just gave me. And and it's, you have a, such a great valid point to understand the super consumer, right? Because really if you invest money in understanding that particular small selected group, right. And you invest money in them, then you know how to find more of them. Right. Exactly. Because uh, otherwise to your point, yeah, you're just investing in getting customers, getting customers all the time, but you're not focused on the people that are really putting your brand out there. Right. The people that are in essence being your ambassadors, uh, of your brand, not just from a social media perspective, but from a purchasing perspective, right? And I think you have such a great point. I mean, guys, if you have your retail store there, if you're an executive for a retail company, I think, you know, talking with my friend right here, I, I really recommend it. I mean, the type of information that he's sharing with us, you know, it, it's very unique and it's very interesting. And I think uh, Valentin can definitely, and his company can provide a lot of value to, to whatever efforts that you guys are doing, you know? Uh, and Valentin, I think I have one last question for you. And I'm just curious on this. I see behind you, you have CVO Academy. Uh, yeah. what, what is that all about? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, since I was a kid, I, I wanted to, to learn a lot. I was uh, reading a lot and I, uh, I said to myself that I want to be a teacher sometime. Well, life uh, turned out to be different for me. I've uh, <laughs> I found four companies so far, but I still love to teach and I still love to share insights uh, with, with the others. I think uh, we're in this uh, life to share knowledge, to share shortcuts so that we are not messing around and we are not wasting our time. So after yes. uh, 16 years in the e-commerce space, I've decided to, to focus on uh, giving uh, other e-commerce entrepreneurs and agencies and e-commerce professionals the opportunity to learn about my uh, my uh, my insights. So I teamed up with a, a few authors uh, like uh, Bob Mesta, which is the pioneer of the jobs to be done methodology, with Dennis Yu, which is one of the best uh, Facebook ads uh, expert out there, with uh, uh, Val Geisler, with uh, Chase Demon, which are nailing the email marketing game. So we've built an academy called Customer Value Optimization Academy. So CVO is uh, the name of uh, the acronym, which is about around improving customer lifetime value because that's what the brand should be all about. Giving value so that you can receive value. This is the good old principle since uh, we are uh, awake as a, as a species, right? So we built this agree. academy. And uh, now we have we give access. We have some free introductory courses around the CVO. And we also have a, a paid certification program uh, that allows companies to level up their game. This is made for companies and experts out there that know that it's more to e-commerce than paying the tribute to Facebook and Google ads. Wow. That's wonderful. I really, really like it. And I think, and you have such a valid point. There's, it's so important to share our knowledge, right? That's, that's how we evolve. That's how we continue to grow uh, as, as a community, right? As a global community. And, and, and I think, and I hope people step away from this misconception that they want to keep very private what they know, because there is enough in the world to go around for all of us. 
you know that's right. and and if we re- we start understanding that factor and we start being we stop being so selfish i think we will continue to help each other grow and then i think everybody has the opportunity to have a a, a very comfortable lifestyle right not just from a monetary perspective but from a work balance from a family balance from a vacation balance from all these different aspects you know but it will not start until you're willing to share what you know with others and willing to understand what others can share with you you know and with that uh last question i'd like to ask all of my guests if you had one piece of advice for all the entrepreneurs and all the executives are out there in the market what would that be um I think the best advice uh, would be to start to listen, but to to really listen, to 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 see what what's out there. I mean, seek seek first to understand and then to be understood. I think the, the when it's so much noise out there, you don't have to raise your voice, but to understand what what to what to tell. And in order to understand what to tell, you need to start listening to your customers, to go out there to get some advice from uh, from from them, because the customer is not at the table where you are making decisions towards your uh, growing your, your company. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom and for sharing all of the information. Uh, for everybody out there listening again, you know, Omni Convert, we will put all the details at the bottom. Our production team will take care of that. Uh, but please reach out. I mean, I think Valentin is a great asset uh, from a knowledge perspective, what they're doing at, on his company, what, what they're innovating, what they're bringing to the table and the value add for all of you guys out there. It's very, very important. And Valentin, thank you so much for your time and for spending, you know, a good 20 minutes with us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to maybe conversating in the future and seeing how the market is shifting and how things are progressing. That's great. Thanks a lot for having me today. And uh, thanks everyone for listening uh, to me. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm all uh, I'm out there for anyone which uh, needs uh, uh, an advice from mine. Thank you so much. If you wish to have a conversation with us, then email us at retailcorner at proxima360.com or visit our website at theretailcorner.proxima360.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and see you next time.